This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You are listening to the Brentford Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. Delighted to be once again joined with the Besotted Podcast, Billy the B. Grant, and first time for me, Greville the Waterman. Absolute pleasure it is to meet you. Brentford bouncing back from a disappointing 1-0 defeat at Blackburn to chalk up a resounding seven-goal victory against Luton Town. We're going to be looking back to the last time we can remember Brentford chalking up so many goals. We know 25 years uh, since the last one, December 1990. I know Billy will know who that was against, but do you know who that was against? We'll also be hearing what Brentford and Luton fans had to say about the victory and uh, from Brentford coach Thomas Frank. And also the third round draw tonight of the FA Cup took place. Brentford got Stoke City. That is at home a great chance for them. Uh, We'll be hoping Brentford, of course, can go all the way. And also a little look to the future and that January transfer window and asking hypothetically if we were the boss, if the besotted podcast were in charge who would they bring in if uh, Ben Rama or Watkins were sold for 40 million each but as always we have to take it to the top and let's discuss what went down at the White Hart uh, at the production meeting Billy. production meeting the pub around the corner Charlie how are you doing it was all good so uh, it was uh, it was an interesting production meeting because like I said to you we were sat there we were watching the FA Cup draw which we'll talk about a little bit later but the words came up teams like Brentford if people don't know teams like Brentford is what people say like you know when we get these bigger teams as they call it and every time they play us and we beat them or we draw with them they say we should be beating teams like Brentford and uh, but there was a bit of a teams like Brentford thing going on with uh, one of the managers out there Greville wasn't there absolutely all I can say is that uh Thomas Frank's team talk's already been done when we come to play West Bromwich Albion in three weeks' time. Slavin Bilic on Sky being interviewed by Ian Holloway saying it's a sin that Romain Sawyer's had to spend four years or so at Brentford. <laughs> well, we're coming for you. Yeah, I, when you hear comments like this and, you know, not it's only Brentford, we should be beating teams, and you've got Slavin Bilic who maybe doesn't know tremendous amounts about Brentford even though he spent time as a 
playing in England, not just managing. How disappointing it is, because I know West Brom, they'll be loving uh, uh, what Sawyers is doing now. But let's not forget, you know, all the experience, all the expertise of that league was born in Brentford, Billy. It was. And and this is the thing. Listen, listen. <laughs> and we were laughing about it because, I mean, we, we, we can get angry about it. But because it gets said so much and because we've come from where we are, we actually take it as a sort of kind of a bit of a badge of honour when people say, you know, we want to beat, beat teams like Brentford, especially with Slavin Bilic, because it's kind of like, you know, if you know your history, mate, you know, and like you've come from West Ham and, you know, things didn't go particularly well down there. OK, you're doing very well at West Brom. You, To be fair, you have got quite a lot of money to spend, you know what I'm saying? And I think he's almost thinking, actually, to be quite honest with you, I spent loads of money on these players and then I've got this player for three million, you know, Three million, I mean, and, and I thought oh, I'll take him because he's right, and he's coming there, and he's actually quite good. And uh, I mean, a lot, a lot of a lot of Brentford player uh, fans would say, look, you know, that was an absolute steal letting uh, Sawyer's go for three million. And I can't, I can't talk about the economics because I can't. You know, if you've got Phil Giles, director of football, or anyone else, they'll be able to tell you what the scenario is. Maybe no one else rated him you know and he was 27 years old he wanted one last big paycheck you know he's going on to sort of 30 you know grand a week you know whereas he's probably on what eight or nine at Brentford's so that's what he's done but the fact is as you said he was at Walsall we got him on a free transfer from Walsall he was with Dean Smith at Walsall Dean Smith obviously said to to Matthew Benham you need to get this guy in they ran through the stats they said he's really brilliant we can actually take him up to another level when he came to Brentford and if you listen to you know Thomas Frank on the Besotted podcast that we did a few weeks ago Besot- Pride of West Dot London he said well actually you know you're all raving about Romain Sawyers but don't forget in his first season you were, you know a lot of the Brentford fans were slagging him off you're saying he's rubbish he's languid he's this he's lazy you know he's saying all these things and so now he's gone you're all saying he's really brilliant so Brentford actually they took him under their wing um, the training that Brentford do take players to another level they've obviously taken Romain Sawyers to another level and what they've done is that West Brom have really benefited from that and okay we got three million for it and you know but he did good stuff for us and we just have to say goodbye remind but we've got a new remain in the bag which we'll talk about a little bit later they certainly have greville billy mentions it, it, it like a badge of honor when people say things about the club and you know you do wear it wear it with pride but does it still sometimes comments like this still sting because as much as you like not necessarily being that underdog or having that badge of honor you want you know the certain level of respect to be shown to your club well it's a bit of a dichotomy you're right I'd love people coming up to us and say, God, you're brilliant. But at the same time, the time to worry is when people recognise us as being brilliant because they all underestimate us. Mm. And, you know, we come out and we play this wonderful brand of football and there's still teams, and there was one on on Saturday, that looked like they had no idea what they were about to face. But West Brom, you know, that that comment, I think, was very patronising. I don't think it was meant. It was meant more as a G-up for Romain Sawyers. But what I didn't like was that turncoat Ian Holloway, who on Saturday gave us great praise when uh, Billich said tonight, it's a sin. Holloway looked at the camera, nodded his head and said, yes, it's a sin. Mm. So we're coming for him as well. But to be fair, Ian Holloway, and I met Ian Holloway at the beginning of the season <laughs> at the, was it this season or last? I can't remember. At the Quest launch anyway. And to be fair to Ian, he, he hasn't got a clue, right? He really doesn't, you know, because he swings from one way to the next. You know, you know. I remember we said to him, actually, it was last season, we said, oh, right, Ian, who's going to win the league? And he went, oh, Stoke City. You know, and he's sort of reading his notes. And I was thinking, well, you know, and, and he read off all the teams that had got relegated that were going to be promoted. So, and I just thought, oh, well, I thought I'd get a little bit more insight sight from you here so I think he kind of 
he goes with the wind as it are so you know not 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 so but obviously they've said that about sawyers but um you know he could have been a little he could, he could have turned around and said well brentford have done their time but obviously he just well he just he, he probably didn't even know who sawyers was to be quite honest with you yeah i was going to say does he know who sawyers was and, and how his time shaped him at brentford obviously the four years they're shaping him definitely into the player he was well obviously it was luton on the weekend let's uh, hear what the fans had to say from the game uh, 7-0 to be honest it was it was slightly even at the very start then Luton gave us a goal and they capitulated Brentford's one touch football incisive attacking coupled with a useless Luton defence and keeper but a very easy win and, and a brilliant brilliant performance and what a bounce back from midweek um, to be honest Luton are the worst team I've seen down here for a long time they gifted us uh, a goal early on as well um, which meant they had to come out even more so that was just fantastic for us when we just took advantage we were just uh, knocking them in all over the place but it was a great great performance it was listen they, they were they weren't very good but we made them look that way by pressing them from the start um poor mistake for them for the first goal and once we got the first goal we didn't really know what to do and you know there was players on their team looking to get off the pitch at half time and not come back uh, a fair play to us we kept going in the second half and we never unfortunately convert five into ten but you know, you've you got to take seven it wasn't the best test but as he said earlier bounce back ability we needed to win today I thought we'd win didn't think it'd be quite that comfortable but listen, we're, we're dangerous going forward aren't we we got options everywhere they they doubled up on Ben Rama they doubled up on Watkins and you just leave people like the silver free uh, as he showed today and pick off those goals so it's, it's a great result the goalkeeper fluff yes one of many what one happened? of many uh, he got a chest back from uh, centre half clearly not talking to each other noisy Ealing Road obviously put them off and uh, yeah and Buemo sneaked in and uh, tucked into a nice early Christmas present, I think. I don't think I remember ever seeing a game in my lifetime. We were five love at half-time. Racking my brain for it. Can't think of one. Can you think of one? First three goals were a bit clumsy, weren't they? Like, they were a bit like the deflections. There was like keeper and defender mix-ups. And it was a bit of a circus from Luton. But then I felt as soon as we got, we got a grip on the lead, it all fell into place. I'm going to highlight... Josh De Silva, mate. Obviously got the hat trick today, but he's he's he was more than the goals. I really thought we were gonna well, we, and we have missed Romain Sawyer's. And very quickly, that fella stepping into that role was playmaker in the middle of the park. He's got quick feet. He picks a pass nicely, but you know, obviously Sawyer's didn't score goals. De Silva can score goals. He's developing, he's developing at such a pace. And I think his role on the team has become really vital. And that was a great thing to watch today. Not at all. I think at the end of the day, I thought there would be more commitment from our team. Uh, it didn't seem anything. They, they didn't even seem to want to be there. It was disappointing for the fans there. Um, there was no attacking. There was no shots on goal. There was no impetus. There was no sign of desperation. And we went 5-0 down at, uh, by half-time. And even then, they just seemed that they didn't want, as I said, not to be there. It was, I can't even words to describe it without swearing. I won't swear, but they were useless. It was, it was just not there. You were the better team by the scoreline. And you can't really deny that, else you'll be disillusional by saying they were, the, you know, Brentford weren't the better team. Of course they were. They were the better team by a mile and a half. And we let ourselves down, we let the fans down, and we disgraced ourselves. It's one of the worst performances I've seen in years. Yeah, it's been an absolutely brilliant day. I've, I've really thoroughly enjoyed today. It's a really good, and the game itself, I thought, was uh, not, not 
disappointing is obviously a ridiculous word to use, but it was it was actually like so it was so easy that I probably would have thought that if we if Luton were better and we'd scored four or five, that would have probably felt a little bit more rewarding. But, you know, don't ever... I'm not ever going to knock a 7-0. They come along once in a generation. Well, the, the other really positive thing is, you know, yeah, you're right, we only get three points for it, but our goal difference has gone, gone, gone skyrocketing today. So, you know, it shows you we are, we are a, a, a very prolific team. Love sports. You are listening to the Brentford Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joining the studio with the Besotted Podcast, Billy the B Grant and Greville the Waterman. Such a pleasure to have both in the studio. Well, we now get to discuss the Luton game. What a game it was. 7-0, back-to-back wins at Griffin Park for the first time this season. Biggest win for 25 years. There are so many talking points. Billy, there are so many goals to talk about. Where do we start it? And obviously, hearing from the fans then, they were having a laugh a little bit about the goalkeeping error but this display was absolutely brilliant wasn't it it was brilliant and the thing about it is that i mean we do as you know i'm proud of west london we do a podcast after match every mm. match but this is i think one of the first ones we've done where we sort of say have you have you got any sort of negative points you know have you, <laughs> you anything to moan about but no one really had anything to moan about and and, and i think one person said well if i have to maybe we should have scored a few more goals and it's just like we scored seven but you know that's that scenario that you get to where you know you score seven you know we could have scored seven you could have scored ten you know but um no but listen I, I think that we were probably fortunate that the goalkeeper made a fluff very early on um as in the ball was headed back as they talked about on on the on the clip there as well so the ball was headed back the goalkeeper missed it and mm. we scored a goal very early on so all of a sudden Luton were on the back foot but I think from that first move they look really nervous they were really nervous from day one and it's almost like didn't say they didn't want to be there I mean the Luton fans said they do like they didn't want to be there but they were just they weren't up for it from day one so the fact that we got that early goal made it even it's like easier for us but we were just in the ascendancy from day one where sometimes you know if somebody if we get on the back foot then we have to do different things so I think that really worked in our favor as well but also the other thing that really surprised me is that the fact that you know Every team that comes to Griffin Park normally, they fail. Like, let's do our research. We will press Brentford really hard. Even if we can't do it for the whole game, if we could do it for the first 30 minutes, mm. if we get make a mistake, they make a mistake, we score a goal, then after that we have to defend that goal. So they'll do that. But Luton didn't defend. They didn't press us. They didn't defend. They just didn't look up for it. So <laughs> for as far as we were concerned, our forwards are thinking, happy days. This is brilliant you know Jensen was in the side this time and he's thinking great you know I'm not being forced to you know to do anything you know I could actually be as creative as I want to so it actually made our players look even better not saying they're bad but it made them look better because Luton were just basically not up for the races well I'll tell you what it's been coming for a long time it was just a well-honed unit the midfield were brilliant the front three they you know it was almost like watching it was it was art rather than rather than sport it was wonderful the way they 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 just sort of linked together, and frankly, we were so tight at the back. I mean, that's the difference between Brentford old and Brentford new is that we're still as good up front, but we've tightened up at the back, and we've only conceded what is it, fourteen goals, best in the league apart from uh, Leeds. It's, it's a really really good side. Luton were awful, and I think they jacked it in after about half an hour as well. 
but we were professional and quite brilliant. Yeah, I, I want to talk about that uh, professionalism because obviously Billy mentioned the early goal. It set the tone for the whole day, the whole match. And a lot will be made. The headlines will be made. Brentford scoring seven goals, you know, running riot against Luton. But you touched upon it there, Gravel. It's the fact that defence, once again, hardly any goals conceded this season. You mentioned the likes of Leeds. Any team needs a solid foundation, a solid bedrock. That is what Brentford have. When they have that, they can press more and be more, you know, adventurous going forward because they know they have this solid defence. Also, what's working for Brentford at the minute is, and you with the goals um, that you're not conceding them, Thomas Frank mentions, you know, at, at half-time, 5-0 up, the game was won. We know that. It's important not to take your eye off the prize. Keep focus, and it's very easy when you do go, you know, take that foot off the pedal, the other team gets a consolation goal. He said, bigger than this 7-0 win was the fact that they didn't go on and score. We kept focus for 90 minutes. This was a big statement, wasn't it, Billy? Yeah, 100%, because the fact is that, you know, if we let in a goal, okay, it wouldn't be a big deal, but the fact is, I think, keeping a clean sheet, as you said there, is a very important thing for us, because over the years, we've just not been able to keep Mm. clean sheets. And it's not only Thomas Frank, it's not only Dean Smith, it's, you know, it's Mark Warburton, it's Uwe Rosler, it's like all these, you know... It's almost like the change that we had from when we had Andy Scott, when we, you know, when we played a particular type of football, and then we flipped into this more kind of attractive style of football. Because we started to be more attacking, it was almost like as long as you're scoring goals, it didn't really matter so much if you're if you're you're letting go in goals. And then you know, at one stage we were scoring more goals than we were letting in, so it didn't really matter so much. But now, as the championship has become a lot stronger, we've just realised that you know, if people suss you out and they are able to stop you scoring goals. If you're letting in goals, school, you're going to be losing. So we had to find a way of stopping letting in goals. And I think that the fact that we've actually done this now, I think to start off with, and I think Greville said it, it's kind of made us slightly less um, creative or slightly less attacking to start off with. But it looks like we've slightly to start to find a way around that. And, and, and part of that is the fact that we were probably relying on a few players to score goals for us. So Malpe, mm. bang he scores goals for us like you know uh, Ollie Watkins ooh, he scores goals for us but all of a sudden now we're finding out that Ray great you know the silver scoring you know um, Ben Rama's scoring for us you know and Buemo scoring for us you know Jensen's scoring for us and if you've got all of a sudden people are thinking we can't you know put three players on you know uh, uh, Buemo and three players on on, on, uh, on Watkins and you know what I'm saying so all of a sudden that is to our advantage now and I think that it's still taking time for us to grow and develop. And, you know, like I said, when we met Thomas Frank a few weeks ago, he said to us, look, it's about this gelling. It's about them learning the patterns of play. It's about a development thing. And we get really frustrated because, you know, we expected, because we paid so much money for a lot of these players, we expect it to happen just like that. I'm using the Thomas Frank clicks now, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, just to happen like that. But it hasn't. So you get frustrated, you think, you're talking nonsense, but you could see where they're coming from. They they see what's happening on the training pitch and we don't. We can just react to what we see on a Saturday afternoon. And uh, we do get frustrated when we lose 1-0 against Blackburn. Why do we lose 1-0 against Blackburn? Mm. You know, we shouldn't have done. But at the end of the day, you know we're still obviously doing the right things. Yeah, well, look, look, the nearest we had to Luton last season was the first game of the season against Rotherham. We won 5-1, could have had 20, but we gave Rotherham a really soft goal in about the 93rd minute, and Thomas Frank was furious. That doesn't happen anymore, but at the same time, if you look at our away record, we won five and lost five. Not bad, well, brilliant compared with old Brentford, but some of those 1-0 defeats have got to be turned into 0-0 draws or 1-1 draws. We're not there yet, but mm. my word, we are, we are not a soft touch anymore. And the reason for that 
is they've they've drilled defensive work into the into the defend into everyone, not just the defenders. We defend from the front, and he signed experience. Last year we have wonderfully talented kids, Metham, Konza, in the back four, who were brilliant but made novice mistakes. It doesn't happen so much now. You know, we've got experience and talent. I think one we one thing we need to talk about here as well, and I, I like to talk about this stuff because it really interests me as well. I know a lot of people get bored by it, but I think it's really um, a, a good thing to sort of drill down and chat about. Is the sort of stat side of things. Um, XG is a thing that some people think, oh my god, what you're talking about here. But I think this is a good game for us to talk about XG, which is expected goals, which is basically the probability of uh, of Brentford scoring. You know how many really good chances do you create uh we've talked about over the weeks and the months and the years about the fact that we've had a really high xg as in the fact that we create really good chances but we don't put them back in the net which basically means that we've either been unlucky or our strikers basically are just not delivered what they're meant to do and if we had a striker from another team or players of another team inside there who had those same chances they would put them in the back of the net and we'd be clear listen it's all about development. We understand that. So for this game, though, it's really interesting because for the f- first time in a long time, I mean, we looked at the XG and Brentford's XG is 4.33, which is like quite magnanimous, like, you know, which basically means that you'd be scoring basically four stroke five goals a game. So we've even gone above what we should do. Um, and, 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 and Luton had 0.12, which came from one chance if i remember i mean the other the, i'm looking at the chart here the bigger the bubble is the better the chance and luton's got one bubble which is all right and 1.0.12 now everyone thinks there's a bit of gobbledygook about the whole xg thing but it's not because what they do is that they look at every chance that you've had and they just basically look at every other chance that they've had ever they put it together into a computer and they say look you know you've been in front of the goal three yards in front of the goal there've been another 500 chances like this how many times has that actually scored a goal and that's how they kind of gauge it and the fact is that you know a lot of the chances that we had 73% chance you know that we've had 53% chance you know that we've had scoring a goal so all I'm trying to say to you is that it's great that we're actually putting the ball into the right areas and scoring the goals which is something which we haven't been doing recently as much as we can do and I think that shows that we're actually basically getting into the flow doesn't it Greville? Yeah. But the other thing is that we are now score with the silver we can score low value chances. Yeah. I mean that first goal of his which was genius when he leaves three of their players on their ass. it was lovely to watch oh, that, the, uh, he's for the first two goals yeah, i mean yeah. he only scores good goals doesn't yeah. he well yeah <laughs> please go but i reckon that was probably a 10 percent chance what the one outside the area yeah, okay so, 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 how many, got it. so how many times and i know it so how many times you, you know the chance i'm talking about he got a mm. shot from outside the area if anyone else got it, out of a hundred sh- times that that same shot was going to be taken how many of them resulted in a goal do you think go on out of a hundred four Four? And Actually, you no. I reckon one rather than ten. I've no. got my decimal point. You're quite there. It's three. Three. Oh, okay. oh, three so out of a hundred. Not so bad. Three percent of those chances actually result in a goal. So it shows to you as well that he's... We call him the anti-XG because he's doing <laughs> everything that Brentford don't want him to do. And he's like, listen, I'm not, I ain't getting the ball in the middle of the area. Bosh. I'm going to be shooting it for 35, I'll, I'll tell 40 you something, yards. Billy. I, my guess, and I might be completely wrong, is that Brentford's own specific XG model, whatever they call it, takes into account the, the the actual player's ability. I suspect that whilst it might be 0.3 or 0.4 for Josh De Silva, if it had been Dowsgaard, it would have been 0.00 or, you know, something like that. Possibly. And I think it's actually 
tailored well you do have obviously a brilliant uh, xg man on, on your very own podcast mr dave anderson who i love and he's he's the man for all the stats in the know but when you, you mention uh, billy the xg the expected goals and luton's bubbles and brentford's bubbles a lot of questions asked after the game were brentford that good or were luton that bad but we have to remember this is a luton side who beat cholton in the week and and brentford disappointingly lost to to blackburn in the week so lot, luton's confidence was high going into this one wasn't it they were high going to this game um but all i say is that a they obviously just didn't do their research and b also their defense isn't great right mm. i mean from the from from conceded the most haven't they they've conceded a lot of goals, goals. their 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 the fullbacks aren't great their center backs are quite slow so it's one of those things where with brentford they would have said listen we need to just run at them we just need to just kind of just keep going at them and i think that's what brentford did and uh because they didn't pressure us they even gave us more opportunity to do that as well so i think that for luton maybe you know the, the game that they won the midweek which is great because the thing is yes they do score goals at izzy brown he's like them i think he's got one of the most assists in the league mm. but you know if you nullify these players you know who they are and you nullify them and you think right he's a key player he's a key player then what else have they got so this is not disrespect to Luton but it's just like how we actually played our game yeah and let's talk a little bit more about Josh De Silva because we have obviously hat-trick on the day he was allowed to take the penalty in the dying minutes of the game to complete that hat-trick but how much of an important player has he become Greville because you know he's now adding goals to his game and we mentioned the goals that he's scoring but just a brilliant performance on the weekend well the world's is oyster or lobster whatever you want this guy is <laughs> going to be a top level Premier League player please God with us but within two years he will be gracing the Premier League he is that good I mean he ticks every box he's a monster he's huge he's strong he's two foot he's left footed but his right foot mm. saw the fifth goal is pretty good he's got vision he's got strength he's been nursed by Brentford he's been hammered a bit as well beasted a bit as well to get him fit he now has some idea about how to defend he is sort of the box-to-box player, but he can play at the back or at the front of the midfield. He's got absolutely everything. But I think the, the one player we haven't mentioned that helps make him look good is Christian Norgard, because that guy is like the screen in front of the back four who wins the ball, anticipate, and has the ability to actually pass it brilliantly and gives uh, Jensen and to silver the time and space brilliant midfield we've got yeah greville uh, brilliantly said that i couldn't agree more on that De Silva, everyone mm. popping up what's seemingly at the right time for brentford we know what uh, we've made of the players and their performance on the weekend let's hear what thomas frank had to say after the game we work so hard every day on the on the training pitch and and off the pitch as well to do everything we can to improve the team and the, and the players do everything they can to, to improve themselves and, and the team and um, and exactly, we, we talked about could we do something to make it even more memorable or more magical um, the last season because it's just a little bit extra. And um, today was definitely one of the afternoons and nights where it were uh, more magic, especially the first half were amazing in terms of performance, the way we moved the ball, the way we created chances, the way we just, you know, played through, through Luton's defence and created open chances was um, was a joy to watch. Yeah, it's, it's very nice he got this hat-trick. Um, I'm very pleased that um, he, he got that and I think there will, um, if not more hat-tricks in the future because that's special to score that, especially as a, as a midfielder, even that he's one of the more offensive midfielders. Um, but, I'm, but I'm happy for him because the last two, three months he's just developed and improved so much. Um, we know he can score goals. We knew that from the from day one he stepped in at Jersey Road. Um, 
We know that he has offensive qualities, but he needed to be absolutely top fit and today is the best fitness he's, he's been in, in I don't, for, don't know how many years and that just give him extra uh, time, just give him extra strength and a, a, a extra concentration in the final bits and the final moments and now he's also adding to his, his game in, in terms of pressing. So I'm, I'm pleased with his developing. I just need to keep continuing, keep going because there's only one game with a hit-trick. We want more. It's important that it's not only the, what we call it, BMW, uh, Benrama, Mbuemo, uh, Watkins, uh, that score and create chances. We also need uh, Matthias and, and Justice Silva to add. And I'm, I'm very pleased that he scored his first goal as well for, for Brentford and, um, and the way he moved the ball and, and created opportunities and his movement um, around the pitch was, was brilliant today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the only thing I'm a little bit disappointed with is we didn't get at least one point at Brentford. But uh, you can only focus on what we just had performed and then focus on the next bit we can do something about. So, in general, um, a good week. Uh, in general, a step in the right direction and we just need to continue. Thomas Frank there talking after the Luton game 7-0. Even after a victory like that, Greville, still going on about the Blackburn game and saying, disappointed with that result. A complete professional manager not just getting carried away with uh, jubilant emotions. Absolutely. That's his job. His job is to keep them hungry, is to make, is to push them, make them be the best they possibly can. And what it came down to, until January, basically we've got 15 players in the squad, plus kids. Very mm. good kids, but kids. And you come up against... You know, uh, Danny Graham and Downing, Stuart Downing, 30, 35-year-old experienced pros, good pros. And we're doing it with, with kids. And what he has to do, there was, he has to nurse what we've got. We've got seven games now up till the first of January, including the 1st of January. How he does it, God only knows. And it upsets me because we are so good. We are so good. We are in the top four in terms of quality. And yet we could, if I had my half-empty hat on, lose a few games because we lose it we, we we don't have the we don't have the horses so basically he has to nurse people and i got upset when people said well he dropped Mabuemo and he dropped the silver at blackburn no he didn't he was basically giving them a little bit of a rest so they could come back and hopefully get us a point and he was prepared to sacrifice the win at blackburn for the two home wins and hope we got a point and it almost came off I admire him because he can't say what he really feels. And I'm sure what he really feels is he's having to do it with one hand tied behind his back. And it's not anyone's fault. It's just the way it is. Uh, just quickly, because we're going to go into a little break in a minute and say about that. That basically means there's a bit of recruitment. I mean, we should maybe talk mm. about that a little bit later, isn't there, Greville? Absolutely. You know, we all love transfer speculation. And January is going to be a very interesting time because, my word, there are a lot of Brentford players who could be gracing the Premier League and it's our job to keep them happy and motivated and staying at the club. Yeah, Greville, completely right there. Not only are we thirsty for transfer knowledge, but obviously Thomas Frank there, maybe one hand tied behind his back. Completely right. Seven games now until January in the Championship. We know with no international breaks now until March. The games come thick and fast and the FA Cup will be one of them. We're going to be talking about that draw next. Love Sports. You are listening to the Brentford Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, joined in the Shooter Besotted podcast, Billy the Bee, Grant and Greville, the Waterman. Still time to get in touch uh, tonight and have your say. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 7020 558. Well, breaking news almost. It was the FA Cup third round draw just before we were live and we came on air. Brentford drawn at home to Stoke City. You you always want a home tie. Great chance of going through. Stoke, a new manager recently, Mike. 
Macalonial, but this is a, a good draw, Billy. No, he's trying to get the words out for this one. We were, like I said, we were in the production meeting in the White Hart in Southwark, just around the corner here, Wicked Pub. If you ever go there, it's absolutely, as we say, teething tremendous. Really busy for a Monday night as well. So uh, we went upstairs there, a little bit of tucker, a little bit of drink, and we chatted about the show, put it together, and we watched the FA draw, uh, FA Cup draw come in and uh it's interesting because like we had you know we, we talked to a load of bees fans beforehand as well we said to you know who would you like to get in the draw and we had people like you know you know um you know there's different people like you know wayne clear saying man united away you know rob rankin a win over struggling man united a lot of people wanted man united surprisingly as well you know sammy morley said she wants madden to uh, her, her son madden wants liverpool at home as well a lot of people saying they wanted liverpool at home so it's almost like you know liverpool at home let's just go out with a bang you know man United away, like you know, we might be able to actually beat them. A few people say Lyle said um, um, Everton away, you know, as, as well. Like, there's, there's a lot of you know, some people it's interesting. Justin said Arsenal at ours with a proper lineup because interesting, we played Arsenal last season and uh, we weren't very happy with going to Arsenal because the atmosphere is horrendous. We had 9,000 fans, it, it just didn't really go down too well, and we were really excited about it. But it wasn't a great day out. But we figured if we bring Arsenal back to Griffin Park, it'll be a completely different scenario because you know they walk in the dressing room and they think, oh my, what, what the hell's this? Like, you know, so he thought that was quite interesting when Justin said that. Jobber said Spurs away, which I think will be quite an interesting one. Spurs away, if you got it, we're talking hypothetically now because mm. obviously you didn't get them because Spurs away. I went to their new stadium the other day and it is quite magnificent. I was very surprised to see so many people in the stadium at so long, you know, so early on. Kelly Hopkins said Manchester United way and Manchester Liverpool, but just coming back to the draw, Stoke City. When it came out, Greville, you and me went. Oh. No, I didn't. I you asked me who we wanted, and I said Stoke City at home. We you, got exactly li- what we wanted. You're lying, lie. You didn't. You didn't say <laughs> I that. I've played the lottery Greville. this week. <laughs> you did not. You did not say that at all. You were giving it large about all sorts of stuff. We were both gutted that we got Stoke City because we either wanted a small team that we'll go all the way through, or a really big team that'll beat us, but we get loads of money and a bit of glory, isn't it? Yeah, but listen, it is what it is. It's another game at Griffin Park. They're going to have to reprint that countdown banner now and add another one to it and count on their fingers. Is it 15 games, 16 games? I have no idea how many more games it is. And you know what? Stoke won't want this game because their only uh, concern is staying in this league. To be honest, to a degree, we don't want it either because our priority will be promotion. So it'll be fascinating to see what team we play. I'll tell you, and you've heard it here first, one player who will be playing in this game, Marcus Force. That's my guess. Oh, wow. Okay. That, is, yeah. that is a bold prediction. Yeah, yeah, that that's my prediction. Proper. Marcus Force will, will, will play, and maybe Emiliano Macondes too. Because so, we'll this is actually quite the key thing as well for us, because obviously you know, we're talking about the game. Stoke City are coming down. He's right. I mean, I've been listening. I talked to my spoke chums, you know, and they're not happy with how things are going at Stoke at the moment now. They had a bit of a revival, mm. you know, when they sat Nathan Jones, and I think they won two games in a row, and they thought, yes, we're there. But now they're kind of back to the old-fashioned, you know, the old Stoke of old, which is not doing particularly well. So they're definitely going to be focused on, on, on trying to kind of furrow themselves out of this division so you know they'll probably be making changes as the same way as we'll probably be making changes we were talking about the fact as to whether thomas frank is going to be because the thing the frustration that a lot of bees fans have had is that we come to the fa cup third round and then we make wholesale changes and then more often than not when d smith was there we lost to warsaw we lost to Notts County, yeah. we lost to, oh, we've just keep losing to everybody, like, you know what I'm saying, because we make these wholesale changes. Not because we're a bad team, but if you change, like, 
eight or nine players in the side who haven't played together and you've got a team who is just thinking this is a this is a this is a nugget that we could take they're going to be they're going to be on you so we've we've had you know we've had real issues i think brighton as well came down they beat us so um i'm thinking this one i was thinking will thomas frank take a slightly more a slightly different approach to this fa cup um and and may play more of a sort of kind of inverted commas first string team but as revel's been saying we haven't got many more players in mm. the substitute beds, or do we? Because in we've got a few players coming in. Yeah. We've got Dervisoglu coming over from Spa to Rotterdam, who's coming in. We've potentially got Force, as you said, who's coming from, potentially coming from Wimbledon. We've got Marcondes, potentially, who could come in from, from, from Denmark as well. Um, you know, and we've got people like, uh, you know, um, from, from oh, sorry, from Southend. Uh, what's his name? Yearwood. Yeah, Yearwood as well, who's yeah. he's been sitting there and he's been coming through. We've got uh, my man, who's I was saying, right back from, from Arsenal. Thompson. Thompson, Thompson that's Thompson. right. Listen, to you. he's like, you know what I'm saying? He's just like, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the encyclopedia. <laughs> Right. Greville, you mentioned, uh, you know, we, we changed that countdown. There's another match at Griffin Park. Yeah. It is the last season at Griffin Park. Is that a nice thing? You know, you don't want to see it go in that sense. You've all got memories there. So, character in yourself, it's another game to cherish at Griffin Park. Because once this season is over, it is over. Yeah, part of me doesn't want it to go at all. I know it has to. Mm. But I've been going there since I was nine. I love it. It's part mm. of me. It's seared into me. So, any chance to see another game will be brilliant. Actually, as I said, it's a selection problem for Thomas Frank because this will come after seven league games in, what, three and a half weeks. He will want to rest players. He will also want to go through in the Cup. Last year in the Cup, he mixed and matched, whatever the word is, but he did it well. You know, he only brought in two or three non-first 11 players. I think they'll probably do the same. Yeah, and obviously, uh, you mentioned what team will Thomas Frank, uh, what team will he put out? Obviously, the games are coming thick and fast. Not how seriously will he take this competition because we know it's a serious competition. Everyone wants to progress and do well. But when you are going for a promotion and when you have got a small squad, you know, injuries happen, Finn on the ground, how seriously will he take this, Billy? Well, this is this is the question that we've been asking. <laughs> and we, we actually don't know. And it is a bit of a juggle. I think what he may be thinking, he's thinking, listen, you know, we've got some very good players here and good players coming mm. through. So at the end of the day, yeah, okay, do I... Do I need to put Watkins in against Stoke City, or do I give him a bit of a rest? You know, um, Davis Oglu. You know, do I put him in at the first stage? Do I? You know, I, I, I can't answer that question. You know, for us as fans, in a strange way, yes, you'd say. Listen, we'd love to get the playoffs, but at the same day, you'd love to get to the FA Cup semi-final. You know, and obviously, if you get the FA Cup semi-final, the chances are that you're going to be playing another two or three games at Griffin Park extra. So you'll have more games at Griffin Park. So if you want more games at Griffin Park, you've got to put out a stronger side. Mm. Also, the other question I'm going to say to you, and I'm going to ask the question, is that, okay, we know we're going to get Stoke City now, but if we got, you know, Stoke City, or if we got, say, for example, Newport County, Right. Would Brentford put out a straight up you know, second string side or players that they want to, to get experience? However, if we had got Arsenal at home, would they do the same thing? Or would they actually say, actually, tell you something, let's put our first string side? Because all our first string players are saying we want to play against Arsenal. I, I mean, I don't know what the mentality is here, mm. is what you're saying. So, uh, I, and, and in that way, I can't answer that question because I don't think there's a defined rule as to what we will do. Well, it's interesting. With the two teams you picked out, Newport and Arsenal, maybe Stoke fall right in the middle of those two comparisons. Remember, you might get a mix. Billy, you're so right. It's very dependent on the opponents you face. And obviously, our Brentford 
are doing at the time. It's really interesting. Well, that uh, third round uh, draw of the FA Cup was made earlier today. Brentford at home to Stoke City. But we are going back to talk about how many seven-goal endings have Brentford had in their history or scored seven goals in recent times. And as always, a few plugs for us to announce right at the end of the show. Love Sports. You're listening to the Brentford Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, in the studio with me, the besotted podcast, Billy the Beat, Grant and Greville, the Waterman. Well, we were talking about the Luton game, hearing from the you, the fans, hearing from the manager, Thomas Frank, looking at the FA Cup third round draw, which took place earlier on today. Stoke City at home. Who did you want to see Brentford drawn against? What team will they put out for that one? Well, it was 7-0 on the weekend against Luton. We're going to be 7 is the theme of this section, Billy. 7 goal end. How many times have Brentford scored seven goals or more in recent times? Oh, well, this is a, this is <laughs> this is a question. The one that I will say I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it out there is um and I mentioned it on the post match podcast against uh, Luton Town is uh, I remember us playing Plymouth and we beat them seven nil um, and we played seven nil and it was the last game before Christmas and uh, I, and I was gonna go to the match and then I recently got out of a new girlfriend at the time you know and very loved up at the time and then she said to me Billy you need to go Christmas shopping and it was the last Saturday before Christmas so I went Christmas shopping and I remember I was seeing the score coming in and obviously there's no phones or anything like that you know so it's either you know you sort of got, got home or you had to sort of look at a, a television screen Teletext. down the high street yeah, that's right <laughs> and you saw that oh no I've lost 7-0 we've won 7-0 so I was really gutted about that but one game that I did go to which is probably on Greville's list where we won 7-0 is when we played uh, I think it's Windsor and Eton in the FA Cup um, it was 1982 actually and I remember that very quite, quite gladly I think they, they had a big flag and all sorts of stuff but yeah 7-0 wins and eating in the FA Cup so I have seen a 7-0 so I'm very happy about that well all I can say is when you're married you pick your fights <laughs> and December whatever it was 1994 was my niece's first birthday and I fought and I kicked and I argued and I swore and I missed the game I missed Brentford against Plymouth and I sulked for about a month because that's what I did in those days when I was young and stupid or younger and stupid. So to watch us score seven on Saturday was catharsis. It was wonderful (laughs) and I loved it. So I am so, so happy. I love this. I'm not only getting a history of Brentford 7 nils, but I'm getting a bit of life and love advice. That's exactly what I need on a Monday at 10 to 9. Uh, Greville, uh, you've done a bit of research then. Well, in sevens, I mean, Billy's mentioned the, the Windsor game, the, the 7-0 game. I remember it vaguely. It was a, a stroll in the park, you know, against literally Windsor Park, you know, Windsor. Mm-hmm. Um, there was also the Bob Booker hat-trick game in, ni- in 1980, I think. We beat Hull 7-2 and Bob on his full league home debut scored a brilliant hat-trick. Which he, And I, since I wrote his biography, he told me it was the worst thing he ever did because of the fan expectation and they booed him when he couldn't score a hat-trick every week because that's what Brentford fans did in those days. Otherwise, that's... Well, I remember a 7-1 away win at Exeter in 83. I wasn't there, but oh, I remember that. I, v- I vaguely remember that. Yeah. yeah. Lembrisco, we got a photograph of Lembrisco and his other people who uh, who, had, who had gone to that match. If you know Lulu, as we call him, Lembrisco as well, there's a photograph of them. They look like straight out of Wham! And like uh, some sort of kind of like, you know, Neo uh, sort of kind of, sort of, kind of you know, band from the from the dance up. Boy band, like, you know, gone down to Exeter at the time. Um, you, you, Greville, you don't remember Exeter, um, Rexham. No, 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 before no. my time, before 63, 
nine nil against Wrexham. Yeah, <laughs> I was in my pram. It's not much before your time, really, is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was in yeah. the womb. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, we're saying obviously there's been lots of high-scoring games, um, and one that we do remember, we all remember, is going down to Dagenham in 2014. We didn't quite score seven nil, but the score from that there was 14 goals plus penalties, so it's six all. Against David Dagenham. That's 12. You can't add up. Sorry, I thought, well, I was talking about, yeah, 12. Yeah, 12. You know, plus, you know, plus two for luck. You know, so 12 goals <laughs> against Dagenham in 2014. And uh, like I said to you, I can't remember the penalty score as well on top of that. 4-2. Was it 4-2? So there was a lot of goals in that game. Um, it was a completely and utterly bonkers um, League Cup game. That was. And then I remember after that, like I said, Jamie Curitan had played for uh, Dagenham. And uh, he scored a goal for them. And he very much celebrated very largely against uh, the Brentford fans and obviously the Brentford fans are very unhappy for him from, from 2002 when he scored the winning goal uh, for Reading which put got them promoted and kept us in division well one as it is at the time So, uh, but Brentford fans have got long memories so when he scored that goal and celebrated um, it, it, there was a lot of unhappiness and Jamie Curitan decided that he wasn't going to go to the tunnel which is at the Brentford end and he ended up warming down for about 35 minutes in that game because he was actually afraid to walk <laughs> off the pitch you know we don't propose, propose any sorts of malarkey but we're just saying that it's just quite funny that he kind of sort of warmed down for about 35 minutes trying to work out how he's actually going to get back to the dressing room <laughs> well obviously you put Luton to the sword on the weekend 7-0 was there any other time the flip side when maybe 7 were put past Brentford yeah, or you know worse yeah. memories that you, you tried, you've tried to eradicate Greville uh, <laughs> well I wasn't there thank, thank heavens but we lost 7-0 at Peterborough in about this time of the year in 2007 we were a word I'm not going to use we got Thank relegated <laughs> we were pretty much relegated in about October awful awful performance I think our goalkeeper conceded a penalty and was sent off in about in the first minute if I remember rightly Simon Brown the ineffable Simon Brown who started badly and got worse poor young Clark Masters came on and conceded seven and was our best player and we were appalling mm. so that's my memory I, I, I wasn't at that game I mean I've, I used to go to Peterborough quite a lot gosh it's posh and I'd actually just uh, as we call it gosh it's posh togas at the ready we used to have all these really sort of strange away days and for Peterborough because they were sort of linked to the Romans somehow we uh, we had some sort of uh, we decided we were going to go up there in togas one year actually <laughs> I want photographic evidence. Yeah, that's right. So it was uh, very strange. So like I said, we call the trip posh, it's posh. But luckily it wasn't this one, you know, because this wasn't very posh at all because we were absolutely rubbish. But I remember I was going to go to that game because I just moved into my new house, my house that I live now, which is quite near to the A1. So it would be actually very easy for me to get up there, just, just jump in the car and go up there. But again, it was <laughs> it was around about this time. There's probably some sort of Christmas shopping thing involved. Again, all I can say to you about this Christmas shopping is that thank God for online you know, for online shopping, because back in the day, there was no online shopping. So you did have to, if you were in a relationship, had to do the bit of give and take. You had to sort of kind of just dedicate a bit of time, you know, if you're working Monday to Friday to a bit of shopping. You know what I'm saying? So that happened now. But now, as you know, you could just bling, bling, you know, a bit of Amazon, a bit of this, and it all comes in. So it doesn't really matter. You can go to as many football matches as you want to. <laughs> well, other good stores are available, but oh, dedicate time to the shopping. Let's quickly uh, dedicate some time, uh, Billy, as always, because there are a bit of housekeeping we need to do with a few announcements. Yes, that's right. As you know, Billy Manuel, the Brentford legend, was down at the Globe on Saturday with us and had a great time. We've got these uh, little series going on, which is like the Brentford Legends series where they come down to the pub before the game 
this last season at Griffin Park. They have a few drinks with the fans. There's no pressure at all. They just chill out, hang out, have a drink with him. You know, he'll chat to him, take some photographs of him. He did a little 15-minute Q&A, and that's it. Done at the Globe, and everyone really loved it. So Billy was there on Saturday, and uh, Billy Manuel. We're going to put out a little podcast for that in the next few days, so check that out. But we'll be having more of those. So check out besotted.com for more of those legends uh, events besotted legends events at the globe as well also like i said there's no christmas bees up everyone loved the christmas bees up at the fuller's brewery every year we've done that for the last few years for the fuller's brewery where we just go down the brewery and we just have get loads of legends down and everyone drinks lots of beer and they have a very good time unfortunately because uh, fuller's got bought out by asahi with the negotiations we're still working on that so maybe next year that will happen however put a date in your diary the Friday, the 1st of May, the day before the last game of the season, we've got our end of season social. And, you know, we do that in Ealing and it's a brilliant event. We had Martin Allen before. We've had, you know, Francis Joseph. We've uh, all sorts of characters down there. Brilliant. Put it in your diary. We've got that before the final game of the season. London Senior Matches, uh, Senior Cup Matches tomorrow, Harrowborough away at Harrowborough so if you're not doing anything go and check that out we've got a podcast on Thursday night 7am as we do that Pride of West dot London. Oh, beautifully said the plugs as always a bit of housekeeping uh, uh, will keep you as always up to date but this has been the Brentford Fan Show with a Besotted Podcast with me Charlie Hawkins Billy the Bee Grant and Greville the Waterman talking everything where the bees are concerned as we do every Monday 8 to 9 right here on Love Sport Radio Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.